Thank you so much for joining the Dr. Whisperer podcast show. I am your host, Sharon Feckety, and you are here to listen to others talk about the business of medicine. Don't forget to subscribe, share it with somebody else that is in the business of medicine so we can all learn together. Thank you for being here and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dr. Whisperer Show. I'm so happy to have Dr. Andrea Higgins here with us today. I am definitely going to be a student, uh, like I hope a lot of you that are listening and watching today, because I need to understand more about this. And I'm, I'm really glad you're here, because as much as I work in the medical industry, I don't get to have a conversation about pelvic floor much. So welcome to the show, first and foremost. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about the mystery of the pelvic floor. <laughs> yes, the mystery. And uh, it's nice to know that I have a local on um, the show with me. You're located in Dunedin, which I think is fantastic. My office is in Clearwater. And now that I know, I want to send a lot of people to you. So let's get started. Why don't you just share a little bit of maybe who you are? I like to know the why of why people get into whatever industry they get into. So if we could start there, that would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of people assume physical therapy is with orthopedic injuries, maybe post-operative. But my love started in college when my dad was diagnosed, not diagnosed, but he had a stroke. And so I saw that side of physical therapy with the neurological, relearning to walk. And at that point, I was going into my senior year. So it already was prepping to go into PT school or get accepted into PT school. And that just confirmed it for me. Um, And so went to PT school, was super gung-ho on treating athletes, wanted to work in high-level orthopedics. Um, and that's what I started off with when I graduated in the Tampa Bay area, orthopedics, loved it. My boss at the time was very eager for me to see if I was interested in pelvic floor physical therapy. At that time in school, we got maybe one hour on like pelvic floor health. So I was not interested. I assumed I'd be working with pregnant women all day or older ladies. Um, and that just wasn't my interest. Sure. <laughs> And, but he convinced me to go to a weekend course to sort of learn more about the pelvic floor, what that meant from PT standpoint, fell in love with the course. We did, um, so we had to learn on each other, right? So we do vaginal exams the whole weekend. We learn how to assess the pelvic floor. It's more so that first course is assessing what is the pelvic floor, how to look for what's normal, what's not normal. And so at like 24, I think I probably was at that time, 25, I realized that I had pelvic floor issues. I was like, holy shit, if I'm having issues at 25 years old, never had kids, like this needs to be talked about. I was an athlete my entire life. It just light bulb moment for me when I was like, wait, my low back patient that I'm not getting better has pelvic floor issues or that foot pain person over there that no one can figure it out. It's stemming from their pelvic floor. And so, at that- so maybe we could, maybe we could just hold that thought for a second. Okay. I would like for you to explain to the audience, what is pelvic floor? Yeah, great question. Um, so your pelvic floor, if you are seated, you're seating, you're sitting on your pelvic floor. So it's going to attach from your pubic bone 
in the front, sling like a hammock to your tailbone in the back, and then side to side from your sits bones. So it's very important. We use it. Everyone has it, female, male, kids. Um, you have to use it to urinate, to poop, and then for intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's used. Every, All important areas. Every single day we use it, whether we like it or not. Right. Uh, and most of us have some dysfunction within the pelvic floor. Okay. Okay, great. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. I, I might've pretended that that was for the audience, but that was really for me. So thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So continue. So now you're, you're in this industry and, and what, what have you seen the most? Because I'm a, you know, I mentioned to you before I hit record that my experience with working with Eastern Western medicine and working with physical therapists, um, I didn't know that there were all of these different forms of physical therapy. <clears throat> and I got very interested in vestibular rehab myself, which was, uh, and I thought really that's where I was going to end up with my career here because there was the first balance center I had ever heard of in the state of Florida. And coming from New York, I thought that's where I'm going to end up because I loved how this type of therapy can really help. So I'm very um, excited about this because I think a lot of, you know, when you think about ortho and you're thinking about uh, pain, everything is connected, right? So I'm going to just assume that there's some connection that we might not understand until we come and seek out your services. And how would anybody even know, oh, I have hemorrhoids, I should go see you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go back to like the pelvic floor and its function, because then we'll understand dysfunction. So what the pelvic floor is made to do is keep us dry. So we have our bladder, we have our bowels there. So our brain communicates with our pelvic floor um, via nerve signals, and then our muscles respond. If we have that urge to pee, we go to the bathroom and we empty there. Now, sometimes if we don't have that working well, we leak, right? Mm -hmm. You hear of men and women having bladder leakage when they cough, sneeze, laugh, when they jump when they exercise. So that's a dysfunction that I treat every single day. So urinary incontinence, same thing goes for bowel incontinence. Um, I don't see it as common as urinary, but still very prevalent. So again, if our pelvic floor muscles don't have that coordination to hold in our fecal matter or gas, we will have leakage. It goes to constipation as well. So if someone isn't MTN regularly, it could be a dysfunction within the pelvic floor muscles. On the topic of hemorrhoids, that goes to like how well we can manage pressure within our anal region. So if someone is straining, bearing down, you're constantly putting pressure through the rectum, through the pelvic floor. And so we get hemorrhoids, another pelvic floor dysfunction. Away from keeping us dry, so we're not having leakage. We have our pelvic organs, um, reproductive organs that the pelvic floor is supposed to hold and keep up like a hammock. So you could have heard like the buzzword pelvic organ prolapse, Mm -hmm. that heaviness, that pressure, that sensation of something is falling out. That is also a very common diagnosis that we treat. Um, and then on the flip side of that procreation, intimacy, pain with intimacy. So a lot of women, even men have pain with intercourse, have pain with tampon insertion, 
head pain with gynecological exams. Um, and that's another big diagnosis that we treat. So I would say those are the top three big ones that I see pain with intimacy or insertional pain, um, pelvic organ prolapse and some form of leakage or incontinence. Question. How, how come, uh, OBGYNs aren't referring you guys out more? You can be real on this show because this is yeah. a real show. Now, just, and, and at the same token, you don't have to say anything that you think might hurt the business. No, no, it's tricky. We do have great um, referrals with gynecological, gynecologists in the area and OBs, but I think it, and this is coming from a really good conversation I had with the local gynecologist is they just simply don't get that information in med school. Yeah. Okay, good. So they don't understand when dysfunction is present, where to refer out to. Mm. Um, so we've had great conversations in the area. Some docs are willing to listen. Some just don't feel like their patients would benefit because I, I just don't think they understand how well uh, pelvic floor therapy is. But it's unfortunate because then the research as like the top go-to um, for any preventative measure for a lot of the issues that OBGYNs are seeing, urologists are seeing. Um, so it's getting a little bit better, hmm. but... I think it comes down to schooling and it's not readily available in their schooling. Yeah. I mean, what about even colorectal surgeons? Same thing. No, nobody. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is good because, you know, I mean, the world that I'm in is basically integrative medicine. And what I love hearing are these resources that a lot of, you know, when we talk about nutrition or when we talk about mental health or when all the things, exercise, you know, not a lot of this is incorporated with, uh, say, a typical medical uh, physician visit, mostly based upon lack of education, not lack of education docs, but lack of education on these types of sub subjects, but also the limited amount of time. Right. Exactly. I mean, that is a big thing too. Um, yeah, it's really unfortunate because all of my moms that come in, especially postpartum, they're like, why didn't my doctor give me a script for this? Why didn't no one tell me this during, while I was pregnant? I would have loved to have come during pregnancy to know if this is normal, what I'm experiencing postpartum and not just left with one postpartum follow-up, if that. Um, but yeah, I had a gynecologist in this area is just was frank it's like we don't get any pelvic floor education whatsoever hmm. and so which is insane because they're doing internal exams all day right so so what does it look like can you talk me through a little bit about what it looks like when somebody finds you on instagram yeah which uh we will speak about a little bit later um what does it look like so let's just pull one of these out say it is say somebody is having issues with hemorrhoids you know i would assume their their first course of action is uh, I'm going to go and get some of that medicine that I can't think of the name of at Walgreens. Preparation H. There you go. <laughs> Preparation H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I will, I'll come back right to that. But another thing too, I think a lot of uh, doctors are hesitant because we sometimes have the title of like the Kegel doctor. That's all you're going to do. And we're very just under-respected yeah. in the medical field when we look at literally everything. But let's say someone is having hemorrhoids, they reach out. What my exam looks like is, again, very holistic head to toe. 
Mm -hmm. So when you come in, we chat about what's going on. I get a very in-depth detail of your bladder habits, your bowel habits, sexual function. If you're a female, period history, we're going to dive into fluid intake, food intake, toxins that you're putting in and out of the body for regulating um, the endocrine system, right? So all of that. And then we go through head-to-toe posture exam. So in my head, I'm like a detector, movement detector, what could be putting pressure down from an external standpoint? Yes, if you have hemorrhoids, you're having a pelvic floor issue. That's obvious. But we need to know why the pelvic floor failed in the first place. So again, getting to that root cause where a lot of other pelvic floor therapists will just jump to the pelvic floor and that's it. Hmm. Never look at maybe potentially how their abdominal wall is affecting that how their diaphragm and respiratory system is affecting that, how their jaw, their glottis, how they're breathing out of that system will also affect hemorrhoids and pressure regulation. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so it's about a 90-minute exam, and it looks different for everyone, depending on what they're coming in for. At that end of the session, you have stuff that we will need to work on, of course, um, and that's given out that same session, and you're sent home with air quote homework to work on. And then, um, the only physical therapy that I've ever been aware of is three times a week. You come in. Right. Okay, good. Let's dismantle all of it here together. So what does it look like? Yeah. So in polyclinic therapy, because we look at everything head to toe compared to an insurance-based clinic, you can only look at one body part, right? Mm. You're, you're stuck in a box. You say you come in with shoulder pain. I'm just going to look at your shoulder where it's most likely maybe stemming from your shoulder blade, your wrist, your neck, et cetera, rib cage. I can't look at that within insurance. But because now that we're self-pay, we're out of network, I look at everything. The body needs time to make those changes before our next session. Me and the client are being super frustrated. I see you within 48 hours. I'm like, oh, do you make any changes with your breathing pattern that you have been screwing up for the last 28 years? Probably not. So we give them time to sort of integrate into their lifestyle, whatever that looks like. If they're a mom, if they're a busy, uh, if they're busy with work, whatever it is, how can we fit that in? I see patients every three to six weeks on average. Mm-hmm. And what would you say is the 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 most the complaint that you get the most? What are you treating the most? Uh, probably urinary leakage, bladder leakage. Okay. So what about the, I can't think of the name of the surgery that is performed by a lot of um, cosmetic uh, gins that, that helps with that leak. So can, yeah, so uh, you might be talking about like the mesh procedure or like vaginal tightening procedures, all the things started with that. Oh gosh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really like this is a, I love hearing this because this is the first time I'm ever hearing about what you do. And I've been in the medical industry for 20 plus years. I'm um, sorry. And, and, <laughs> no, but I feel, I feel like it's, it is a shame. It's kind of how I felt when I heard for the first time and very different, of course, but when I heard for the first time about vestibular rehabilitation yeah. and now when I'm here, and just somebody tells me, oh my goodness, I just feel like I just got off of a boat and I, I don't know what's going on. And I'm like, oh, well, you need some vestibular rehabilitation. What is that? What are you even talking about? I'm like, yeah, I know. Not a lot of people know about all these different forms of therapy. So for me, this is refreshing 
to know that there are other resources because I'm just not somebody that, you know, wants to go and have surgery because I might pee a little too much. Yeah. Yeah, With urinary leakage, it's usually so simple to address. It's Mm. something is again, compensating the pelvic floor is doing usually too much work. So a lot of people think, oh, we just have a weak pelvic floor and leaking. Let's do Kegels. It's simply not not like that. Around 75-ish percent of people have too tight, too tense of a pelvic floor. So Kegels aren't going to work. It typically will make it worse if we do a Kegel, aka a pelvic floor contraction. And so doing those surgeries, sort of putting a Band-Aid on that, maybe lifting up the organs with a mesh or robotic surgery or tightening of the vaginal wall is never going to get to that root cause. Typically, I'll see people way worse off of those surgeries and they fail within three to five, three to five years, mm. which is really unfortunate. And it could have been easily prevented if they came to pelvic floor therapy for five to six sessions. Mm. We're just, again, getting away from that root cause, why it's stemmed there in the first place, why it's happening. There's a leak in the system. Let's go address that from a head to toe approach, not just a band-aid. Let me just put something right there at the leak. What caused that leak in the first place? Yeah. I mean, it makes me feel like um, what we hear about weight loss and all diets and, you know, there's, it's never just one fix and there is no easy fix. There needs to be, why are you overeating and what is at the root of that? And what does your diet look like? And what is your ex? Yeah. So it's all the things. So, okay. Now, um, I'm just looking at this list, you know, pain with intercourse and erectile dysfunction. So I don't even know what I want to ask you. Cause I'm so fascinated by the fact that this exists and we just don't know. Yeah. I so our, yeah. So tell me that, tell me this. So you have a group with you. It's not just you. There are other therapists yeah. Um, that are taking care. And I would say mostly women, right? Yeah, mostly women. I probably see most of the men and I mean, it's still majority of women that I see, but out of the rest of us, I see probably the heaviest male population too. Cause that was also, they wanted to put me in a box, right? Only treat women. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I still want to treat my athletic men. Mm-hmm. So if we go a whole down rabbit hole with that, like I, again, grew up playing sports my whole life. I still very much enjoy playing and watching sports. And every time I see, let's say a football player sprain a hamstring, I'm like, that's still the pelvic floor. Soccer mm-hmm. players oftentimes have pelvic floor issues. If you hear of like inguinal um, hernia, sports hernias, all back to the pelvic floor. Hockey mm-hmm. players, high prevalence with pelvic floor issues. So I love, love treating that population. And then later on, potentially that's going to lead down to that erectile dysfunction. Erectile dysfunction is a billion dollar industry that's just usually fed with testosterone, Viagra, um, some other procedures. Again, it's never root cause and it's simply the pelvic floor muscles aren't doing their job appropriately. Mm. And you said the word trauma earlier. Yeah. So can you elaborate on what you're referring to? Yeah. So a big thing in our evaluation as well is we always want to ask, especially with someone that's coming with pain with intimacy, right? If there is any history with trauma, whether that's sexual trauma, physical trauma, emotional trauma, we want to make sure that 
we feel comfortable myself and the client expressing that because a lot of times there is a muscular component, but oftentimes too, there is a physical or emotional traumatic experience with that. That's playing a bigger role than I could ever address from a public floor PT. And so we really work with mental health therapists, sex therapists, relationship therapists. I just had a great conversation with a sex therapist in the area this morning, but that plays a huge role in their healing. Mm. As women, we store a lot of trauma around the pelvis, around the pelvic area, add on mm. pregnancies, add on miscarriages, add on abortions. Like all of that plays a huge role into what we see in fertility, like all of that as well. You know, day. Mona McGregor? Oh, no way. I'm totally going to do an intro. And then, yeah, and you just made me think of um, Dr. Kim Caparelli. She's an acupuncturist and she does a lot for women that are having struggles getting pregnant or have had failed IVF and a great resource that not a lot of people understand that there are other ways of going about getting to where you need to be without a surgery or a copay for that yeah. matter. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, all right, well, let's talk about you on Instagram. So I, I was sharing with um, with you before we hit record today that that's how, I, that's how I really get to know who somebody is. And because this is a, a show about the business of medicine, I want to make sure that I, I do some business here. Um, for those that are listening in today's world, meaning 2023, that we should be marketing in the, the world that we're living in, um, in the year that we're living in. And I said, I, before I interview anybody, I first go to their social media. That's why we ask for the links, not just to promote you, but we want to, I want to do my due diligence. And I found all these great videos of you on reels. And, you know, so I was like, oh yeah, okay. Well, I won't say anything insulting like Kegel and I'm not, you know, and it was just funny. And I, I saw you holding a baby and somebody was working out and I'm like, is that her baby? Is that the, whose baby is that? But, you know, it was this it brings this really great um, understanding of like who you are as a person and, and you put a little personal information in there too, and mix it with educating while having fun. So why don't you share with the audience why you decided to do that? I mean, bravo to you if only everybody would do the same, but why? Yeah. I, you know, I probably got started with social media during COVID. That's when I left my intern space job to give this cash-based world a whirl. It was a scary time. I'm like, holy shit, I just <laughs> left my job. It's COVID. Um, so I was like, you know, I'm going to figure this whole Instagram thing out. I started posting. Reels weren't a thing then. I don't even think stories was a thing at that point either. Um, but I started making content. I had time. I wanted to post like what pelvic floor therapy was. Because, you know, some friends, I'm from South Carolina. So friends back home are like, what is she doing? Like, and so I just started posting it, putting it out there and people were like, oh my God, I can't believe she's talking about like sex and poop and pee on social media. And, you know, at first I was a little nervous, maybe like what my mom would think. Cause again, grew up in a very like Southern Baptist house. Right. And, but now we're very open about it. It's become a great conversation. Um, but I was like, people need to know this. Like I, again, I was so enthralled with what I learned from mm. someone that's been in I mean PT school and my whole undergrad was in kinesiology kinesiology and biology and I still had mm. no freaking idea what the pelvic floor was I'm like 
this is my chance to like get out, you know, educate my little bit of following that I have and it spread a little bit. Um, but that's where most of my clients come from. They love how like, I guess, real and authentic and spicy. A lot of people call me spicy on there because I just, I, I, I hate all the stupid stuff that's out there on social media and on Google that are so incorrect when it comes to female and like the bounce back culture and postpartum and you can't do this if you have diastasis recti. Oh, you can't do that if you have prolapse. It's just a lot of BS out there. And so I tried to just debunk it, show what it looks like. If you come in, bring your babies, I'll hold your baby so you can have this time and space to relearn about your body. And yeah, it's been great. I, I really enjoy doing it. I like creating um, content and educating, but it's really just to debunk all the crap that's out there around our field and to have to help people better understand what they're getting themselves into because again I think a lot of people assume that you're just going to come in undress have a vaginal rectal exam have a little bit of massage and that's it which don't get me wrong there are a lot of pelvic floor PTs that do practice like that mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's very refreshing for people that have given up hope that have had pelvic pain for years or haven't been intimate with their partner for years or have been not been able to jump on a trampoline with their kids because they just pee their pants or what mm -hmm. whatever it is and they have hope by finding my social media like oh my gosh you look at the foot I've had foot issues for the longest time that's probably why I'm still having pelvic floor issues but no one has addressed it so tell me about the foot thing yes yeah I, did see, I was like okay how are we getting from the foot to the hoo-hoo to the yeah. poop? What's happening here? <laughs> all connected. I mean, it's all via fascia, which is just a connective tissue. We're all one big spider web of fascia underneath um, our skin, over our muscles. So over time, that connective tissue tightens in certain areas. It lengthens in certain areas. But essentially from our foot, especially in standing, that's where most people have pelvic floor is issues. We usually don't leap when we're lying down. We usually don't have um, heaviness or pressure when we're lying down. It's all in standing. It's all after a long day of walking or being on the feet. And so it's usually just from us transmitting poor forces from our arch up the way to the hips. So a lot of times, I mean, the whole, the bunions are a whole other situation that can contribute to pelvic floor dysfunction, not being able to like keep your big toe down and lift the other four up, being able to lay and spread your feet has big correlation to pelvic pain and chronic pelvic pain in men. So there's just a lot of interesting connections to the feet, to the pelvic floor, and then the jaw to the pelvic mm. floor. Grinding teeth has a big correlation to pelvic floor issues. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, I think that everybody that is watching and listening or both, or however you take in your media yourself that you should follow this Instagram uh, real story that I have been very entertained by, but also learning a lot, you know, and I do think that when somebody has the courage to um, debunk what is currently out there, then we start to normalize conversations. Like I don't have a problem talking about poop or your butt or be like being naked. My husband's always like, my God, you can't wait to take your clothes off. And I'm like, and he's the complete opposite. But I think that there's, 
you know, we're all so different. And I think this is so normal. Like we're human beings. We're, we're all going to die one day too. Guess what, everybody? And I think that the more that we have these candid conversations and we reach more people, whether you're from a conservative background in the Carolinas or you're from New York like me, you know, yeah. we absolutely all need to uh, put out the education, especially when we can help other women, just saying, you know, that that's a big piece of it. And is it all women within your practice? Yeah, we all have female pelvic core PTs. Yay, go women. All right, everybody. So is there anything that you want to share before you go today? Because it's been a real honor and a pleasure. I'm always happy to hear about something I knew nothing about and then go, oh my God. When somebody says, I, I, I'm laughing my butt off, Sharon. I can't stop peeing. I go, oh, I know the perfect person for you. <laughs> Um, yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I love doing podcasts or anytime I can spread more information to the masses. Um, but just that we treat men, women, and then of course in person, but I do have a big virtual, um, clientele as well. So I have people all in Europe, I have people all over the United States. So if you can't find a pellet floor local to you, or if you are looking for, again, that ortho holistic pelvic floor PT, we can always do it virtually as well. Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you.